Welcome back to the Business of Law podcast. This is a podcast where we dive into the ins and outs of commercial law and how it affects the world of business. My name's Amelia Cardillo, and as a seasoned commercial lawyer, I've helped countless businesses navigate the legal complexities of entrepreneurship. But let's face it, legal jargon can be as confusing as a wallaby on a surfboard. That's why on this podcast, I break down legal topics in a way that's easy to understand and apply. Join me as we explore everything from forming a business to dealing with legal disputes or while sipping your favorite cup of tea or coffee. And as a bonus, I'll also share my experience as a working mum in the legal field, giving my insights into how to balance family and a successful career. So tune in to the Business of Law podcast for your weekly dose of legal know-how and a bit of fun too. After all, it's not all work and no play, even in the legal field. So we're back with episode 11 and you might have noticed something slightly different with that little intro because I don't normally do much of an intro, but I enlisted the help of ChatGPT to write that intro. So I don't know if you could tell, maybe it did sound a little bit forced, especially with that wallaby on a surfboard. (laughs) comparison which was hilarious so I used ChatGPT to create the instruction I gave it was to create a podcast intro I gave it a bit of background that I'm a lawyer I'm a mum I work with small businesses it gave me something that was very American so then I threw in you know try again with an Australian background and that's where I got that very funny wallaby on a surfboard I've literally never heard anyone say that but I thought it was kind of funny to try that out. So episode 11 is pretty exciting. We're getting there. But just to fill you in on what I've been up to the last month, I've been working, obviously, doing all that kind of stuff. But I put out two new opt-ins, which I think I spoke about in the last one. The first one is on scope creep and how to stop doing more work and not getting paid properly for that and how you can stop that and tools that you can use with your clients. So you can check that out. I'll put that in the show notes. And the second opt-in that I launched was a leasing checklist because I've had a lot of clients in the new year, I think, looking to expand their business or to branch out into their first space, which is really exciting. So I put together a bit of a checklist and you can also grab that as well. I'll put that in the show notes, but that is actually what today's podcast is going to be about which I'll get to in just a second but recapping on my podcasting journey which I've tried to kind of keep you updated as we go so I think it was two podcast episodes ago I hadn't podcasted over the Christmas break so I was a little bit unfamiliar with the software that I use and there were some very long pauses in the uh, podcast which I thought I'd gotten rid of but I didn't so that was rookie mistake number two So then the week after I did a podcast and I thought, okay, I'm not going to pause because I may not be able to get rid of the silence, the awkward silence. So I'm just going to do it in one take, which was fantastic. I did it in one take. But then when I listened back to the audio, I realized that I forgot to set my head, my microphone to my actual plug-in USB microphone. And it was just my computer microphone, which the quality isn't as good, but which kind of annoyed me. I mean, not kind of, it really annoyed me, <laughs> but this week I've checked the microphone is properly connected. Hopefully I'll do this all in one take and we'll see how we go. So that's a little bit about what's been happening with podcasting. 
The other thing that I've been working on, I guess, outside of my business is a an International Women's Day event for Gen Collective, which if you've listened back to, I think it was one of the first podcast episodes, I've been involved in Gen Collective for almost five years now, actually. So it's a Newcastle-based networking group and we put on events throughout the year for small business owners, people in corporate to give you that mix of fun, to meet new people, networking in a really relaxed and welcoming environment. So our biggest event for the year is for International Women's Day. Yes, we are doing it at the end of March. So it's a bit of a wrap up of the month. And that takes a lot of planning. There's about 200 people coming along to that event, which is fantastic. We have a wonderful speaker, Sam Bloom. She has a movie that was made about her. She's an author. So I'm really excited for that. But there's a lot of planning that goes on behind the scenes. We all do the Jane Collective work, so the committee behind it. In our spare time, we're all volunteers. And there's a lot. We needed sponsorship. There was social media that had to go out. Obviously, selling 200 tickets is not an easy feat. So it's been uh, a lot of work, but very rewarding work. So I'm really excited to spend a day outside of my business tomorrow and yeah, be at that event and try and relax and have fun a little bit, but then it'll be straight into planning for the next event. But I also, about a week ago now, went to a workshop or an event with Creator Club, which I'm involved in, and it was a planning session to help us plan the next 90 days, the next quarter. But it was really great to get some ideas out. It's It was such a great way to step outside of the day-to-day of your business, which I think is so hard for us as small business owners that we get so caught up in the mechanics of it all. That, oh, okay, this is the client delivery I need to do. Oh, I should post on social media today. I should probably do this. So it was just a whole day to focus on ideas and however wacky or out there <laughs> those ideas seemed. It was it was a really fun, fun day. So I've got some ideas that did come out of that and I'll be putting those into place, which is really cool. And to give you a spoiler alert as faithful podcast listeners, that is going to involve my own live event. So it's something I've actually wanted to do for a long time. I really think there is so much value in live events and getting people together and yeah, I've teamed up with two other incredible businesswomen that are based in Newcastle. So there'll be lots of value in what we're going to be talking about. But I just wanted to create a really fun space for other solo business owners or those with a small team to meet other people without the kind of yeah feeling of it being too much of a networking or corporate type event. So more details to come on that that's going to be happening in the next 90 days but I'm really looking forward to that and so that brings me to today's podcast episode which as I said is going to be about leasing so I will link to the leasing checklist which is my opt-in so it's got a, a guide on there on what you can kind of expect with the process but there were a couple of things that I wanted to speak about in this podcast about signing your first lease and that initial process because I think for most people 
you know, retail or commercial leases are very different to residential leases if you've ever had to lease a property for your home. And it's sometimes very overwhelming if you've, even if you've never been a tenant, to understand the differences and the costs involved. So I really wanted to focus on, I guess, the things you should budget for when you're looking for a space and a lease. And when I'm talking about leasing, this is where you're directly going to lease from the landlord. I know there's lots of co-working options available these days and they are a very different type of arrangement. That's much more kind of casual, walk in, walk out. Yes, you might have to sign up for a minimum period, but usually in a co-working space, when you pay your weekly rent, it's just a one-off fee that includes everything. So that's a different kind of scenario. So I'm talking about where, you know, you might find it on a website, you know, one of those retail listing websites, you might deal with an agent for a property. So the costs side of it, as I said, can sometimes take you by surprise. So if you are thinking about leasing, this will be a really great place to start to work out, okay, what do I need to budget for? So everyone will know, yes, you pay rent when you lease a commercial space. Now, the first thing I would say about rent is that it is always negotiable. So don't think that you just have to accept the rent that's on the website. It's a great idea to look at properties in the area or similar sizes, maybe in different suburbs, to find out a per square meter cost. Now, it's very hard when you're in the leasing space to compare apples with apples. You might have a space that is completely a blank canvas, but you're going to have to spend some money on fit out. You might find something that has done, had a fit out, more modern. So it's not always easy to do that comparison, but it gives you a good place to start if you work out the cost per square meter. So rent, yes, obviously. The other one, which I guess most people would be probably familiar with is outgoings. So where in a residential lease, you just pay one fee and your rent, and that includes everything. You pay for your water usage separately, telephone, internet. With a commercial or retail lease, the landlord has its own costs. So that could include their land rates or their water rates. They may pay land tax. They may have an agent managing the property. They have insurance. There's a lot of different things or fixed costs that the landlord will have. And often they will pass that on to their tenant as outgoings. Now, if you're leasing the whole space, you will often pay 100% of of those outgoings. But if your space only takes up 20% of the total area, then usually it's based on the percentage that your area takes up. So outgoings are in addition to rent. So it's important to know, don't just go off, okay, here's a list, you know, the outgoings you'll pay are land rates, water rates, etc. It's really important to ask the agent, what is the estimate? What was paid last year? So you know, because sometimes outgoings can be $10,000 a year. And that's a huge cost if you're not budgeting that. If you're just laser focused on the rent and think, oh yes, I can pay that. Outgoings can definitely be a curveball. So they're the two main ones. Other costs that you need to prepare for. The third, probably most important one is a deposit, a security deposit. So the security deposit works exactly as it sounds. It's a deposit that gets held by the agent or if there's no agent, the landlord directly as security while you're in the lease because a lease is a fixed term contract. 
So if you sign the lease for three years, you are locked in to pay that monthly rent and outgoings for three years. If you want to leave, it's you have to pay that whole period unless you can you know, negotiate out of it, but it can be tricky. So the security deposit is held by the agent um, or the landlord, as I said, and it's to cover risks that you may stop paying rent, that you might damage the property and not fix it, or you might abandon the premises and the rent's not paid. Or at the end of the lease, you might not make good the premises or you might not fix holes in the wall or things that you were meant to do at the end of the lease. So it's meant to be a last resort. But it's often about three months of rent and outgoings that you need to pay from day one on the lease. So not only do you have to pay rent monthly in advance usually, so you're paying for the whole month before you've you know, been in the premises, you'll have your security deposit, which is required to be paid before you take the keys to the space. So that's another cost that you need to budget for. And depending on how much your rent is, three months can be quite a big chunk of money. Another cost that you'll have is for insurance. So all leases will have some kind of insurance requirement for the tenant. The most common insurances that you'll need are public liability insurance and plate glass insurance. So if there's any glass in the building at all, windows that could be vandalized or broken, you'll need insurance for that as well. So the insurance premium you'll need to pay. So as with all insurance premiums, most of them will either have an annual or a monthly cost, but you need to show the landlord that you've got that insurance policy again before they will hand over the keys. So if we're keeping a tally of what you've got to pay before you even get the keys to recap, we've got your first month rent, first month of outgoings, potentially three months of rent as a security deposit, and your insurance premiums, and that could be annual or monthly. So you can see how things are starting to creep up a little bit more than thinking, I can cover the first month's rent. The other costs that you need to take into account are legal costs. Now, I'm not saying you have to use a lawyer to review a lease. It's certainly a good idea because there are a lot of risk involved with a lease, particularly if you're signing something for three or five years to know what you're locking yourself into. So even if you don't have your own legal costs, unless you've got a retail lease, which is a separate type of category, for commercial leases, the landlord can actually ask you to pay their legal costs. Now, this seems wild, I realize, and a lot of people are very shocked by this concept, but it's it's not legislated anywhere it's just become somewhat of an industry practice that the landlord can ask for the tenant to pay their legal costs for preparing the lease now this is something you can negotiate as a start as a tenant you'd probably want to negotiate that each party just pays their own legal costs you pay yours they pay theirs and then that's it if the landlord doesn't agree to that and you really want the space then you may have to agree to pay their costs But it's always a good idea to obviously ask how much that is so you know and maybe set a cap on that, a maximum amount that you will pay the landlord, so a fixed fee for that. So now we've got legal costs, potentially your own legal costs if you decide to work with a lawyer, potentially the landlord's legal costs if you um, can't negotiate that out. 
Another cost that you need to be prepared for is a lease or a pre-lease deposit. So when you're in the initial stages with negotiation and you're chatting to the agent, they will want, once you've kind of agreed on the main things, they will want you to pay a pre-lease deposit to show that you're kind of committed and to get that lease document prepared. Usually that's one month, one month's rent. And if you do go ahead with the lease, it gets credited to your rent. So it's basically a prepayment for your first month. If you decide once you get the lease, I don't like the lease anymore, or I don't want to go ahead. Usually there'll be a clause in your heads of agreement that says the landlord can take out their preparation costs and then you get it refunded. So you've got your pre-lease deposit. Something else to think about, as I said at the beginning, there's potentially, you know, there's so many different types of spaces you can lease to fully fit it out to entirely blank canvases or what we call a cold shell, where you might have to put walls and carpet and paint and do everything on the internal. So fit out costs are something you need to think about. Sometimes tenants take over premises where the past tenant vacated at short notice or they abandon the premises and there's an existing fit out or old furniture that's still in there. And sometimes you'll have to bear the cost of removing that. So these are things, with, especially with fit out, that you can chat to your landlord about or chat to the agent to negotiate what's going to happen. So if you're in a, a blank space, if you need a couple of walls put in or there's a little bit of fit out that you would like done, you can ask the landlord if they would be willing to contribute to that. Landlords are generally happy to work with you on that if you are going to sign a lease for three or five years because you're going to be giving them income for that period. So it's an investment that they're willing to make depending on how much that fit out costs. So keep that in mind that you'll need to generally furnish the space unless it's already furnished. You may need to repaint or you may want to redo the flooring. And at the end of the lease, you need to remove all of that. So that is, in a nutshell, some of the costs you need to think about. And it's important that to keep that in mind because a lot of those costs happen in that initial sign-up phase. So once you've paid your pre-lease deposit, which is your first month's rent, your security deposit, insurance premiums, landlord's fees or your own legal fees, you will have, that is the hardest part. Once you're in the lease month to month, you're not going to have those as recurring costs, but you do need to make sure that you've got enough budgeted that you can continue to pay your rent on time for the length of time that you're in the lease. So a nice short and sweet one, hopefully. I think that it's not always to find this type of information on the internet because, you know, it's sometimes it's a lived experience or just things that you kind of pick up along the way. But as I said, I've got a leasing checklist which has this budget in there for you or things to include in your budget. It explains a bit about the process from negotiating with the agent to preparing a heads of agreement to the lease review. So I'll leave that link in the show notes and you can check that out. But for now, I'm going to leave it there and I will maybe revise that intro with ChatGPT. But I thought it was a fun little experiment, but I will catch you on the next podcast.